You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We are here at Apollo Global Management, and joining us now someone you are very familiar with, Torsten Slock, of course, holding court at Deutsche Bank for years, dragged over to Apollo to provide economic uh, wisdom, and we're thrilled that he would host us here uh, today. Nice coffee. We're coming next week. You have one single sentence in your report. This time around, it's not the Friday jobs report. It's the Thursday Friday jobs report because the optimists are hanging on claims. How important are claims? Well, that's really a critical question when it comes to this employment report on Friday for November. Jobless claims has been surprisingly resilient for a very long period now. It, it's beginning to look more not like a soft landing or hard landing, but more like a long-term landing. We're waiting more and more and more for any evidence of either a sharp or slowdown or an acceleration. And what we do have on the labor market on the slowdown side is, as we'll get today, the JOLTS data has been showing the quits rate mm-hmm. has been coming down, meaning the number of p- people who voluntarily quits their jobs has been declining. The number of job openings has been coming down. The work week has been coming down. Wages for job switches relative to job stayers has been converging. In other words, you no longer have as much bargaining power if you change jobs. Combined with the number of people who are changing jobs uh, for permanent reasons has also been changing. So the conclusion is we still have more and more evidence pointing in the direction of the labor market softening. One indicator, jobless claims, yes, still good. But basically everything else is pointing in the direction of what you would expect, namely a weaker labor Okay, I want a single point non-farm payrolls estimate, but they won't serve me the bacon John was talking about. So let me go to this. Is the whisper number finally turning towards it's a look down a set what is it John 188,000 we're at that's consensus median yeah. estimate yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that includes the, the whisper, UAW uh, which is about 30 but is the whisper right. number coming down instead of going up this time well around? if you really back up and think about what's going on the Fed hiked rates in March of 2022 and your textbook would tell you when you raise interest rates you should expect to see consumption begin to slow down capex spending begin to slow down credit growth from the banking sector begin to slow down and all those things are happening and all those things should also be expected to hit in particular lower rated credits, smaller companies, middle market companies, and that's exactly where you're beginning to see signs of weaker labor demand. So you should expect to see non-farm payrolls over the next several months do what the Fed is expecting it to do, namely gradually be softer and softer. Is this labor market right now, and this is a Neil Dutta question over at Remmac, is this labor market right now less of a reason to be hawkish at the Federal Reserve, even if we are printing 
200k on payrolls. Well, as Jim was saying earlier, the Fed put is back because think about it. We have now a situation where the market is spending so much time on the Fed's minuscule small changes in their communication. And if the Fed is now beginning to say, well, we still don't think that we are there yet, the market says, well, okay, we are there yet, and you will come to that conclusion. But we've had that pivot so many times, and it remains to be seen whether that pivot this time is right. But the way I think we should be looking at it is in the dual mandate, should we be focusing on inflation or employment? Inflation is moving in the right direction. Employment is moving gradually in the right direction. But if the labor market does start to have more than a soft landing, then we will certainly have a sentiment change in markets. So I never thought that I'd get to the place where Torsten Slock and Ben Laidler would agree. I think of you as a perennial pessimist. I always open your uh, your the, emails that I kind of enjoy. No, I actually we enjoy it. Risks, it contra- yeah, exactly. So you're worrying about risks and you're pointing to I'm all these risks. Irresponsible and then Laidler. you say, you know, there's a Fed put. So does that mean that Goldilocks is back on the table? Well, but the issue here is that the market has been interpreting the Fed in so many different ways for the last year, and the Fed pivot has come, I mean, seven out of the last nine times, as you will, so a variant of the old joke of how many times can you come with the same story that now is the time, now is the time for the Fed to turn dovish, but they haven't turned dovish, and I think that's why we will have rates higher for longer. This is good for fixed income. This means that the front end of the curve should be still cutting coupons in terms of thinking about what is the overall outlook. It's going to take time before we get inflation under control. And I think that process, right. meaning into next year, still means that the downside risks to the outlook continues to be very pronounced. i got a question. Jim from Rochester, thanks so much for watching uh, today. Torsten, I'm going to cut to the chase. There's nonlinearities out there. Along the curve that Chairman Powell looks at, where's the biggest potential nonlinearity? Is it wicked short, like Apollo short-term paper, or is it 10, 20-year French paper, 30-year 40? Is it the Austrian piece? Where's the, where's the stress? I would look at this from a macro perspective, that the Fed has hiked rates. We're seeing delinquency rates going up on credit cards, on auto loans. In particular There's younger a brand, that's a slack brand. We're also seeing the default <coughs> rates going up on high-yield loans. It's been going up quite quickly in the last six months. You're also seeing the bank credit growth slow down quite substantially. Taking those things together, all that so far looks like a soft landing, uh, but again, as I said, it's more been a long landing here, but the bottom line still is to your question, the risk is if people wake up suddenly in the next few quarters and say, wow, maybe there's more downside risk to consumption because the hit is not only from interest rates going up, if people also start losing their jobs and the labor market soften, which is what the Fed has been talking about, we get the double whammy of both high interest rates hanging in there at the same time while the labor market finally softens, which is what the Fed has been waiting for for so long. Okay, pause. Because in the last week, we've just had record spending, Black Friday online, Cyber Monday. Well, that was online. Busiest day on record in U.S. airports. And then buy now, pay later underpinning is that a lot good of that news growth. Or bad news? That's what I want to ask okay, you. Okay, so remember, do you want to go sit by Brown? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> roughly half of the population has used buy now, pay later, and that number has just continued to go up in the last several months. So you begin to think about, well, is that a sign that they can't get credit elsewhere, even on their credit cards? First, so I bought Rangers tickets with buy now, pay later. I know. Well, that's, you're probably part of that half that has used it, but I'm just saying that <laughs> the conclusion is that we're getting to the to the bottom line here that people are getting stressed more on the household side. Savings are mainly with the middle and high income households. Low income households are getting more and more pressure, in particular when it comes to the linkage rates. So that's, of course, implying that we will see more downside pressure on consumers over the next several Maybe quarters. this might be just the beginning of the consumer levering gap. Why isn't it that? 
Well, because the backdrop here is that the Fed is not going to cut rates anytime soon. So if the cost of financing stays high, or in Fed language, you will appreciate this, we will be above our star, which is two and a half for a very extended Where's period. Where's the new R star? Come on, what, so, what do we got? Twelve seconds. We've so, got about Williams, a minute left. Williams and Laubach would say okay. they have a methodology. Two and a half. Forget them. Well, I would go with the Fed line here and say two and a half percent. And if you had five and a half, we will have restrictive monetary policy Can for at least a few more years. So to Jonathan's question, that means that consumers will be under pressure okay. potentially for a few more years. A guy yesterday said, he was at some German bank, he said ECB is going to go first. What's a Bundesbank going to tell Lagarde when she decides to cut? That's a real uh, wrestle inside the ECB at the moment. But the ECB will go first. But it's very clear that uh, different ECB government <coughs> council members are showing up at the meeting and, and have probably having different wish lists. Yeah, the Federal Reserve's on the same page maybe right now. I, I would don't say know about so. the government council so. over the ECB. Right. Tossin Slock there of Apollo. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, let's face it. If you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.